Hey, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Mark Garrett-Hayes. It's Thursday, so it must be another episode of the podcast. This is the podcast for training business owners. And this week I received an email where someone made a suggestion about uh, the kinds of software and websites out there which could help someone to start in the early stages and grow their training business. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. So today, in summary, we're going to look at a couple of brand names, websites, and software out there, what they're called, what they do, and how you might find them useful in your training business. This is episode 39 of the podcast. And welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, and welcome to this week's episode. It's Thursday, as I said, so it's another episode. It's episode 39 this week, which leaves us with 11 more episodes to the big 5-0. I'm looking forward to that. So 11 more Thursdays, and we will have reached our 50th episode. Quite a milestone. So thank you for your listenership, as always, and thank you once again for tuning in this week. This is the podcast for training business owners, people in the starting phase, in the growing phase, in the scaling phase. And its premise or goal is very simple. It's to help you to do just that, to start, to grow and to scale your training business. As I mentioned before the music, today we're going to focus on software and internet resources. Not everything, because there are many, many websites and software as a service in case you haven't heard that term before, SaaS or software as a service, it basically means uh, cloud-based or online-based services, software which you can subscribe to and use for a range of reasons. There are literally hundreds of them, so we haven't time today to go through all of them. Today I want to focus on the basics, the kinds of ones which are really essential to establishing your training brand. Now, I'm not uh, promoting these, so there's no link to click on. I'm not trying to make any money from these. There's no affiliate commission uh, being earned by me by mentioning these. I'm going to be quite critical and, and straightforward with you. And I've also asked trainers in my network for their recommendations, and this list includes some of those too. One word of warning before I proceed, and that is that I'm not an expert insofar as I do not recommend or advocate a particular vendor, particularly when it comes to things like uh, legal advice or business coaching or business advice or accounting advice, tax advice, that kind of thing. I always urge you to conduct your own research and to consult expert opinion before making up your own mind. Okay, so without further ado, We're going to dig in today to a couple of areas. I'm going to give you that list of topics so that becomes clear. Let's call this the roadmap for today's episode. In case you're wondering why there's an echo, by the way, I'm actually on the road training this week and I've hired out uh, an office from Regis, which is perhaps one of the biggest office space um, providers in the world. And they have an office... uh, which one can rent for a day or a couple of hours. And that's exactly what I've done this morning. I've hired out an office to be able to record this episode for you. So in case you're hearing traffic in the background or perhaps uh, voices, hopefully not, other than my own, or perhaps some noise outside, it's for that reason. It's not the normal recording environment, but it's the best I can do today. So hopefully that won't put you off your enjoyment of the episode. So we're going to look at software and internet services for your training business across a range of headings. The first one is formation, which is all about setting up your business as a legal entity. The next is accounting, which is obviously dealing with um, invoices and numbers, revenue, etc. The next one is identity, which is about your brand and about your domain name, etc., The next one is about your website. In other words, your online presence where people can go to find out about you and your business and where you are, what you offer, etc. The next one is CRM, which simply stands for Customer Relationship Management. 
system or CRMS. I'll go into that in more detail, but that's the, the software which you will use to store detail about your customers and your interactions with them via email, text, meetings, etc. The next one is content, which is where we'll talk about the kinds of software or uh, providers to help you with things like imagery and ebooks and and templates and that kind of thing. And lastly, we'll talk a bit about marketing, and that's all about getting your message out there. So the kinds of services, uh, websites, software, which can help you to achieve that too. So once again, we'll look at uh, formation, then accounting, identity, your website or web presence, CRM, content, and marketing. The last one, of course, marketing is a substantial topic, so we'll not cover everything today, but I will give you some uh, actionable things to do. In other words, uh, some websites you can look at which will help you in doing these things, okay? So the first one is formation. And what formation means, as I said, is setting up a legal entity so that you are compliant, you have a license. Now, one more time, I'm not an advocate of any particular service, nor am I able or entitled to give you any kind of tax advice, uh, legal advice, or any kind of uh, business formation advice, because that is definitely in the realm of experts. You know that, I know that too. So it's up to you to decide which of these is best for you, having conducted your own research and having consulted experts. I know this sounds like some kind of, um, you know, um, medical ad or advertisement where I'm giving you warnings before I tell you about the service, but that actually has to be said up front. Okay. So formation means that you need to start off inevitably as some kind of entity in law because you're earning money and you're doing so from people, you're providing a service. So you need some kind of legal entity to create a professional image and to protect your assets. So what you might do is start off as a sole trader. In other words, it's just you. And what you need to do at this stage is to separate the income that comes into your personal bank account from that of your business clients. Okay. At some point you will though, I would imagine, want to create a legal entity which is separate from you in law. In other words, the business's assets and your assets are indeed separate. So in my case, I have a limited company under UK law. Um, so you could form a, a UK limited company, LTD, or some other uh, vehicle. Or in the States, you could form an LLC, um, or you could form an S-Core or, or C-Core. And again, those are areas outside of my area of expertise. You'd want to consult someone on which of those is best for you. But the, the thrust is that those are legal entities separate from you. In other words, they have obligations and rights under the law, under the respective law of your jurisdiction. So one thing I quite like uh, and I've found quite useful is LegalZoom. And LegalZoom.com is an online legal services provider. They provide self-guided legal services, or you can select or opt to work with one of their uh, independent attorneys. And the range of services they can help you with include things like NDAs, uh, non-disclosure agreements, which you might, for example, use if you're dealing with contractors helping you with a business idea you have. Or it could be a trademark registration. It could be for filing a patent, maybe for an app you have in mind, something to go in the App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, maybe with federal tax IDs, you need some help as well in the case of the US. Or some kind of business license in order to be able to trade. Something else that's quite useful for me is that through LegalZoom, or companies like it. I'm currently not with LegalZoom, but I'm switching across this year having conducted research on this. Um, I can use their London office address as a registered office address, which separates correspondence from the business and that of my personal address. Because you don't really want, uh, you know, office correspondence coming to your personal address, or maybe you do, I don't know. But I'd like to separate the two, and that's what I currently do. And LegalZoom offers a kind of a formation package, including VAT, value-added tax. That, by the way, is like a sales tax in the UK. And PAYE, in the case of you or your employees being employees of the business. And, of course, helping you with the formation, the paperwork, registration with Companies House, which is the authority in the UK that looks after registration of company details. So lots to look into. But LegalZoom was set up uh, in the early 2000s to help you to make all of this very simple. So that's something that 
other network trainers in my network have recommended and have said is quite useful to them. It's much more affordable in many instances than going along to work with a specific attorney. However, my next mention of software or website is called upcouncil.com. That's U-P-C-O-U-N-S-E-L.com. And this is, in my experience, an instance where I have decided not to use LegalZoom, but I've gone directly to um, this site to find an appropriate trademark attorney, in this case in the U.S., to help me with the registration of a trademark. So it works slightly differently insofar as with UpCounsel, you would post a job uh, and you look for specific profiles and based upon testimonials and the information on that person's site, you would opt to work with them. You contact them, you agree a price. They will have different prices for the different services you have in mind. For example, NDAs or trademark registration uh, tax and so on. So that is what has worked for me well in the past. That's upcouncil.com. It is US-based, whereas LegalZoom is both UK and US-based. So again, one more time, I'm not an expert in these areas. Anything to do with tax advice, anything to do with accountancy, etc., you need to consult an expert on that. Okay, so the next thing then is accounting. So the next topic is accounting. And what that means is that you can inevitably or initially start with Excel spreadsheets or paper records. Now, these can be manual and therefore time consuming. The downside of working with Excel spreadsheets is that unless they're in the cloud, in other words, online, they're on your computer. And and what do you think is the, the problem with that? Exactly. No one has access to it. So if we switch over our accounting records to an online service, to the internet, to the cloud, if you will, an accountant has access to that. And also a couple of these, which I'm going to mention, have apps, which means you can download them to your phone. And with that app, you can therefore check your revenue, your earnings on your mobile device as you're traveling out and about and away from the office. So initially... You want something which works with a business bank account. You want some kind of software which recognizes expenses. And the intelligent software, which some of these have, not all of them, but some of them have, will recognize the kinds of spending patterns and begin to recognize particular expenses and therefore uh, tag them and allow you to create reports, understanding exactly where you're spending money on travel, spending money on accommodation, spending money on a range of areas. Also, they allow you to create invoices from within the software, which is really handy because you can send a professional looking invoice from within your accountancy software. And then when money comes in, it can match expenses with individual invoices. Again, not all of these do this, but you will want to shop around and find out which of these software solutions has your requirements in mind. It it meets what you need it to do. So using accountancy software creates a professional impression. It also means that in my case, I can have an accountant log into the system. Uh, She and he both have access to the details and therefore can prepare tax information which is is a huge weight off my mind because I'm not really good with numbers. So you want to ensure, first of all, that the software you have in mind works with your existing bank account. If you haven't got a business bank account, that's something you want to look into in your area. I had trouble with that initially because I picked up, I really got latched onto or encouraged by a particular solution, accountancy software package. It turned out that that did not work with my bank. I won't mention which software package that was, but I won't be recommending it, so I won't mention it to be fair. So the kinds of uh, really good brand names out there, which other people have said to me is really, really useful, includes Zero. That's X-E-R-O, Zero. It sounds like Xero, but it's, I think, pronounced Zero. Zero.com. And with this, you can give your accountant access to your accounts. Uh, you can accept payments via zero. Um, It reconciles with your bank statement, which is very important. It creates reports. It creates invoices for customers electronically, which you can send at one or two clicks of a button. You can pay bills using technology like zero. You can think of all the advantages as I'm reeling them off here. All of these are much more useful than simply having an Excel spreadsheet and creating your invoices in Word 
which, you know, after a while is a bit of a drag. It's a time waster and it's easy to make mistakes. So the advantage in my mind of using online-based accounting systems like Xero or FreshBooks, another one, or Zoho, or let's think of uh, QuickBooks, um, there are a range of them out there. All of this provides a range of options which are really going to help you to focus on what you do best, which is training and leave the numbers and all the kind of invoicing to your accountant or some virtual assistant if you're lucky to have one. Another thing you might find useful is that if you are training, as as I do, internationally, you will want to accept payment in multiple currencies, for example, US dollar or euros, or maybe Thai baht or, or Australian dollars or Canadian dollars. You get the idea? So being able to access uh, that facility is very, very important if you provide training outside of your jurisdiction. So being able to issue invoices and accept payments in multiple currencies, again, that's something you might find useful if you are invoicing customers in multiple jurisdictions. And finally, when it comes to zero, as is the case with QuickBooks, and I believe FreshBooks, you have an app which you can use on your phone. And of course, most people do things on their phone these days. So that's very, very useful to have. I can log into my banking, into my app and follow along as money comes in, as money goes out. Okay, so FreshBooks, Zoho, and there are other uh, suitable or worthy mentions out there. You can go along to Capterra, by the way, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A. I'll provide all of these links in the show notes, don't worry. But Capterra will list all the kinds of, of providers, service providers, which you will find useful, and it rates them as well according to what users think of those services. So if I haven't mentioned your favorite one, it's for that reason. There are lots of them on Capterra. And again, you might want to take advice from other people as to which is useful for you. Okay, so that so far is uh, internet services helping you with formation, like LegalZoom, UpCounsel. And when it comes to accounting, using the services of something like FreshBooks, Zoho, or Xero, or QuickBooks. Number three today is identity. So when you first start a training business, any kind of consultancy, you don't have a brand name, or maybe you do, um, but eventually you want some kind of brand because a brand is a shortcut in people's imagination. When people think of X need, for example, if people think of sales training or they think of maybe some kind of consultancy in the area of, I don't know, um, HR, if that's what you do, or it could be to do with resilience training or any kind of corporate training, on-site, off-site coaching, etc., you will want to have some kind of brand name recognition. So when people think of that need they have, Guess what they think of you? Who are they going to call? Not Ghostbusters. No, they're going to call you. So you've got to have some kind of established brand, okay? Or think of it like brand equity in people's minds. So when a need arises, they automatically think of your business name. It could be your personal name, but in most instances, it's likely to be a name which is some kind of keyword which proves that that is the area that you focus on. So something I find very, very useful in the early days is to use a website called Namechecker, N-A-M-E, checker, C-H-E-C-K-R.com. Namechecker.com will check the availability of your domain name and the equivalent social media accounts. What do I mean? Well, let's say you decide to buy a domain name from a, a provider like GoDaddy, for example, um, then you go along to Facebook only to find out that the the Facebook URL isn't available. So let's say you have um, a website called barnesconsulting.com. You might want to have the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash barnesconsulting, but that's taken by someone else. And that can be a waste of time. So why not use something which checks both d- domain names as well as the availability of equivalent social media accounts in one go. And Namechecker does that. That's N-A-M-E-C-H-E-C-K-R.com. So if you don't want to go to the trouble of, of buying a domain name and then going chasing for social media accounts, this is a great service and it's free, which is fantastic. So it, it really saves time putting in the work now and saves you the hassle because Actually, a lot of people these days, myself included, decide a business name based on the availability of a domain name first. Does that make sense? So you might want to check if the domain name's available um, before you go out and buy any domain 
name from or set up some kind of business name for your business. So GoDaddy is an obvious place to start to buy a domain name. There are others. I'm not going to get tied down today in recommending a particular domain name registrar, but there are many of them out there. Uh, one and one is another one. So you would use something like GoDaddy to buy a domain name once you've checked on namechecker.com that your website is indeed available. What I would do immediately if I find out that my name is available, I would simply go, excuse the phone, by the way, um, <laughs> I would, uh, the uh, joys of using an office, I would go on to um, Namechecker, check that the domain name is available. And before I create the website, I would go into Snapchat or Slack or Facebook or Twitter, and I would then immediately get the equivalent uh, domain names or URLs for that corresponding domain name. So you might want to get some help with this. If this is making no sense to you right now, that's okay. Um, you could get the help of someone on fiverr.com to help you to set these things up and they can do so, um, you know, quite affordably actually. I wouldn't worry about hosting just yet. The first thing I would do with my identity before I buy a business card, before I design one, before I um, set a website up or pay for one, I would make sure all the names I need are available and I would go about getting them. Again, if this is not something you can do yourself, get help with this on Fiverr. And speaking of Fiverr, you can use sites like Fiverr or 99designs.com, fantastic site, to hold what's called a design contest. And what that simply means is that rather than just go and find someone who may work for you or may not work out for you, you can publish a contest on 99designs.com. And what that means is that for, and it's not cheap, by the way, multiple creatives or designers can find your contest and then submit their own designs for your business card or something like your YouTube background or your letterhead or your Facebook cover or your logo or even clothing and packaging. 99designs allows you to put the kinds of things you're looking for on front of interested designers with expertise in those areas. And they then submit their designs and you only pay for the one that you like. So if you're the kind of person who's concerned about, you know, what will I get if I go down this route with 99 designs, you get the designs first and then you pick the one you want. And that's the one you pay for. And it's not cheap, as I said, but the, the work quality is extremely high in many instances. However, I've also used Fiverr or, or Toptal, T-O-P-T-A-L.com, Fiverr particularly for all kinds of things like the person who did my intro for the podcast. Uh, she's in the States and I found her on Fiverr. So you have a range of options. Explore and, and look at the kind of service which works for you. There are alternatives, if I can think of any more, besides Toptol and Dribble and Behance. There are a few more popping into my mind. I'll provide those links to you in the show notes. When it comes to printing off your uh, business cards and stationery, one website which um, <coughs> someone I know closely has recommended before, and that's Moo.com. Moo.com, a um, friend of mine said, fantastic work, and they provide business card printing both in the US, UK, and other uh, jurisdictions. So that's moo.com, M-O-O.com. Okay, the next one today is your website. Now, this is an interesting one because mm, I'm not clear initially, and I've made this mistake before, that you have to start with the website. Okay, why? It's so easy to get bogged down in the technology and your branding and your business card and your logo when actually what you should be doing initially is having conversations to find out what people need, what they're willing to pay for that, and what that solution would look like to them. And after that, you could approach your branding and your website. So you can initially go with something like Wix. Now, Wix is very basic. It's a website builder. But in time, I think you would agree, you do want to create a professional impression. Uh, what I've done in the past is I've gone along to themeforest.com. I've picked a design, a WordPress website, which, by the way, I would recommend if you're going to go with any kind of website solution, I would choose WordPress. And that's free, by the way. But the design, which sits on top of your WordPress design, you can buy those themes. They're like design packages out of the box. And you can hire a designer on some site like fiverr.com to bill that out for you. And then there's the other argument 
increasingly, which says you don't actually need a website. And I'm, be- I'm coming around to this opinion myself. What you actually want is a landing page. So the old thinking was that a website was basically, um, think of it like real estate on the web. Someone came along to your domain name, www.barnesconsulting.com, and then they'd click on your about page, and they click on the who are we page, and they click on the contact page. And all they do is they click around different pages before doing anything. But what you have nowadays increasingly is or are landing pages to replace web pages. So landing page literally means it's something designed for people to land on and take action immediately, which could be signing up to your newsletter or downloading your checklist or downloading your ebook or downloading some kind of PDF, which will help them with a particular thing. And that's what I've been doing the last couple of months. And I can tell you, it's opened my eyes. So there are websites out there, I'm going to give you a few now, which you can use to set up a landing page. There is a monthly subscription service, but it's actually straightforward enough because you can drag and drop and build this page yourself. Again, if it's not something you can do, you can hire freelancers on sites like Fiverr to do this for you. So the the domain names which come to my mind are leadpages.net, unbounce.com, and entreport.com. And again, those will be spelled out properly in the show notes for this episode, but they are leadpages.net, unbounce.com, and untreport.com. So what these do, and some of them do, others don't, again, you want to look into these in detail, is they combine a web page with a landing page design service, and some of them, for example, Entreport, also features a CRM, which means that you can actually store people's contact details, and the more advanced ones allow you to create what we call funnels. What that means is the subject of a future episode because we're getting into a little bit of internet marketing here. But a funnel effectively is like an automated step-by-step process whereby if someone subscribes to your website, they will get a series automatically. uh, They will receive a series of emails from you encouraging them to maybe uh, attend your, your next course or your next event. So that system of emails, you don't have to write your system will actually send them out automatically. You just simply define the workflow for that to happen. Again, that's a bit of, of, of a kind of a tall order initially when you're starting off, if you're not technical. And once more, you can get help with these things on websites like Fiverr, etc. There are people who specialize in setting up lead pages, Unbounce, Entreport, uh, Drip, Close.io. There are lots of these solutions out there. So have a look on Fiverr if you need help. When it comes to your web page, though, your, your landing page, you do at some point need to understand something called SEO. And what SEO stands for is search engine optimization. That is a dark art. Uh, it's a science in itself because it's all about keywords and understanding how sites like Bing or Google or Baidu, if you're in, if you're in China right now listening to this. However, SEO is quite complex because you need to understand the algorithms in other words, how each of those search engines operates, or maybe you don't. There's one guy, and I would recommend him above everyone else in terms of explaining search engine optimization in very, very simple terms. And that's good for me, by the way. And his name is Neil Patel. The website is N-E-I-L, Neil Patel, P-A-T-E-L.com. Interesting, actually, because Neil is an Irish name and Patel is an Indian name. So there we go. He's an American guy called neilpatel.com, and he writes content all about how to get people to your website and how to, you know, create an offer in such a way that people want to click and are attracted via your content. Really, really interesting guys. Lots of really useful videos on YouTube. But that's something I would look into learning more about. I'm not suggesting you become an expert on that, by the way. That's something you can, again, hire a consultant to do. That's what I do because I'm not an SEO person. But you need to understand the basics about, you know, keywords in your content, any articles you write, any posts you write. You need to have some kind of idea about creating keyword-rich content And again, that's something you can learn about from someone like neilpatel.com. He has loads of free articles helping you to understand the, the, the really deep subject of SEO. Something else you need to look at is, is Facebook ads and Google ads. And why? Because that is increasingly the way to drive traffic to your website or landing page. There's no point having a website or landing page if no one knows it exists. I've made that mistake in the past. 
believe you me, kicking myself as I'm talking to you right now. So you need to have some way of getting people to your website or landing page before you can actually get them into your sales funnel or your automated email series. Think of it that way. So you want to look at understanding Facebook ads. And the one person I would recommend who's the expert on Facebook ads is Amy Porterfield. Her website is Amy, A-M-Y, Porterfield, P-O-R-T-E-R, Porterfield, F-I-E-L-D. Again, I'll provide the links in the show notes amyporterfield.com. She is an absolute expert. Used to work with Tony Robbins. I'm sure you've heard of him. And she is a social media expert in the area of Facebook, Facebook ads, etc. And she has a great podcast as well, which I've learned lots from. It's free. Check her out, amyporterfield.com. One more thing when it comes to your website, and that is you need to learn how to create graphics, or you can again hire someone to do that for you. But uh, Canva, C-A-N-V-A, canva.com, is a really, really useful, easy-to-use website where you can create your own graphics, you can create your own kind of logos if you want to, um, and you can also create your own Facebook ads. So it allows you to, for example, create a design for your Twitter image or your LinkedIn profile or your YouTube channel, and it has canvases which you can use to help you to do that. However, Again, it's something you might want to look into and get help with if it's not something you want to spend time on. My my opinion personally is that if you're starting off or growing your training business, you really haven't the time to do all of these things yourself. Why? Because you need to work on your business, not in your business. And again, that's something I've come to realize late in my training career. The more time you spend doing things which other people can do, the less time you're doing things which only you can do. Think of it that way. What would you say you can invoice for? Can you invoice for website design, landing page design, graphic design? Probably not, because that's not your expertise. Can you invoice for training, for consultancy, for coaching? Yes, you can. Well, there's the answer. So you need to know enough to know maybe what not to use what is good enough to use and the kinds of features that you need to use, but you don't have to spend time mastering all of these things I mentioned. You just need to know enough to understand what's going on, what's important, and the kind of people who can do it for you reliably in a trustworthy and consistent fashion. So I would rather outsource these kinds of things to an agency or to a VA, something which is the subject of a future episode, virtual assistants and how to find them, how to identify them, onboard them and to work with the right ones for you. So website, I mentioned landing pages. I've mentioned website builders like Wix. I've mentioned lead pages, Unbounce, Entreport. And I've also mentioned things like SEO and Facebook ads, Neil Patel for SEO and Amy Porterfield for Facebook ads. Google ads is another thing in itself. Understanding these areas, believe you me, is a lot of work. It's good to read some books and listen to podcasts on the subject, specialists, not me, uh, and and perhaps do some kind of research yourself online. But as long as you understand what's going on, I would then hand over your SOP or standard operating procedure once you figure out how you want to do this to a VA or to someone else to do this for you because something like SEO and Facebook ads never stops. It's an ongoing thing. You want someone, therefore, who can free you up to do what you do best and give that to them. Okay, so the next thing today is CRM. Conscious of time here. CRM is the next subject area. And what that means is customer relationship management system. So the the S is implied. I mean, CRMS, customer relationship management system, but you will hear the term CRM by itself. CRM effectively means having some kind of software where you can uh, record interactivity, activities, emails with people. Who, who, which kinds of people? The kinds of people you're aiming to talk to, to get in front of, to sell to, to onboard, to work with, and to eventually to invoice. So a CRM, and there are hundreds of these things out there, uh, you may not need initially. Again, I'm trying to save you money here. You could initially work with a spreadsheet. Now, as a business development manager for a year, I basically worked off a spreadsheet and and made money doing it. No problems with that. But in time, a couple of problems arise. And here they are. First of all, the data which is in your spreadsheet is actually confidential. It's someone's email address. It's someone's name. It's perhaps someone's uh, direct uh, number, maybe address. I don't know. 
do you want to take the risk of that being found by someone else? So under GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation, which was an EU directive um, in the last couple of months, what that means now is that we have to, as business owners, be very, very careful with how we store customer data. It has to be done in a manner that's compliant with this directive, and there are serious fines if we don't. So I would really think carefully about using a spreadsheet for customer data. And the other reason is that if your customer data or prospect data is sitting on a spreadsheet somewhere, how do you access it if you change computers, change desks, change locations? And also, there's no way to track what those people do with your content with your ebooks, etc. So you do need at some point a professional way to store prospects uh, details and to track all activity that they have landing on your website, opening your emails, uh, knowing whether they download your ebook or checklist, um, being able to create campaigns so that you can tag particular people. Say, for example, you can separate your list of prospects into people who are interested in, in program one or training program two or coaching program three, and therefore you can target those people specifically. And that's exactly what a CRM does. Really, really useful. In fact, the time that you spend in any technology is going to be in your CRM. Every single day that you're not training, you should be buried in your CRM, figuring out ways to reach out to people, to market them, to, to email them, to call them, to arrange meetings with them. The CRM is the lifeblood, effectively, of your organization, of your training business. So you need to store prospects and track all activity with them. And once more, this is a complex area. Some of these CRMs may be right for you. Others may not be right for you. But one which a lot of people swear by is something called HubSpot. I've used that for a while. Initially, the CRM part is free. HubSpot is more than just a CRM, by the way. It's a marketing tool. It's also a sales tool as well as the CRM. So the CRM is free. If you want to add on the marketing hub, as it's called, that's $50 US a month. But if you want then, let's say, to go to the next level, the professional level, for, for some reason, there's a massive jump in pricing for automation, which is increasingly something very important to a training business. We'll talk about that another time. Marketing automation. But the price jumps to $800. I don't know why. If you ask me, that's a huge jump from $50 to $750. But automation and, and CRMs in detail will be the subject of a future podcast. A less powerful but, but perfectly adequate CRM, particularly for salespeople, is something called Pipedrive. Pipedrive is a relatively new software, but it's increasing in popularity. I know a couple of people use it and they love it because it's such a very simple, clean interface. And also, it works with other platforms. Without getting into technology, a lot of these internet-based services, let's call them cloud-based software, uh, use what's called APIs, which stands for Application Programming Interface. In plain English, it means that something like Pipedrive will work with other software solutions like your accountancy solution. I mentioned Zero previously when I talked about accounting. So Pipedrive will work through its API with Zero. You don't need to worry about the API. Just know that if you're looking to see whether Solution X works with Solution Y. They will often list under their API button on their website the, the kinds of applications which will work with your favorite application. So you want to perhaps search that to see if it works with your preferred solution. So a pipe drive or pipe drive is a CRM, which is really clean, really simple to use, and I've signed up for that too. Zoho is something else. Zoho is a long existing series of, of software. It's a software suite, including um, storage, uh, document creation, all kinds of things. So Zoho.com also has their own CRM. Again, relatively affordable. And the big daddy in the room, or the big mama, if you will, is called Salesforce. Now, who hasn't heard of Salesforce? It's one of the world's biggest and most successful tech companies based in San Francisco. I've seen its office when I'm there. Hugely impressive organization with good reason. It is the uh, CRM bar none. However, it can be expensive. And more than likely, if you're starting off with your own small one, two, three, five person training business, I wouldn't think you need this. That said, Salesforce has something called Salesforce Essentials for $25 a month. And again, it works with hundreds of other apps or bolt-ons or widgets, which you can use if you are, you know, 
focused on a particular one, Salesforce more than likely works with it, but you may want to check that. So again, CRM is basically the, the living, breathing area where all your customer data is stored, not just details, but all kinds of interactions with your website. So you want some kind of CRM that's light, that's affordable, that's usable, and that it actually does exactly what you want to do, which is to interact or integrate with other software solutions that you want, for example, your accounting package or your email marketing package, etc. So do some research on this, talk to other people and see what works for you. The next one moving along today is content. And there are a lot of reasons why you want to create content. We live in an ever, ever growing, exponentially fast growing internet, worldwide web. And what that means is that it's harder than ever to stand out. So there was a time when you could stick up a web page and someone might knock on the door. That isn't enough anymore. You need to learn about content marketing, which means you need to start creating lead magnets in simple terms, ebooks or some kind of checklists or some kind of videos, anything which attracts the eye of people and drives them back to your website to download that particular thing, the ebook, etc., in exchange for their email address. And once you have their email address or maybe their uh, phone number, you can contact them via SMS or email and market to them. And therefore, you want to have something which is attractive to look at, attractively designed. Pexels, P-E-X-E-L-S, pexels.com, provides free images and videos, which you can use in your eBooks or maybe with canva.com to create a nice attractive business card or a flyer or a poster, etc. And unsplash.com is another one where you can download free images. You want to be careful, I need to stress this, when using other people's images. You might want to look into something called Creative Commons, which basically defines whether you have the right to use someone's image in a commercial application and the number of times you can, and also whether you need to or not clarify whose work this is. We call that providing attribution. Are you making it clear the source of the image, and are you clear on your right to use that image or that video in a commercial context? Shutterstock or Getty Images are huge organizations that provide massive amounts of videos and images, really good ones, by the way, but they can be expensive. You've more variety, but I particularly find those expensive. And I think that pexels.com and unsplash.com are great places to start because you get some really attractive, really good images, which you can use for free in any of your presentations, etc. Something else I like is called PictoChart, P-I-K-T-O, that's P-I-K-T-O, chart.com. And this is a service you can use to create really user-friendly presentations for, let's say, your training program or infographics or posters. I mentioned Canva, same thing, same kind of idea, but PictoChart is specifically focused on things like infographics and so on. And why would you want these? Well, because you might want to create your own templates flyers, Facebook artwork, Twitter artwork, YouTube YouTube artwork, and so on. And sites like canva.com also have free guides to help you to create a successful brand. And one more honorable mention I should mention uh, in this part today is something called Beacon, B-E-A-C-O-N dot B-Y. That's an unusual domain name dot B-Y. But the website is Beacon, B-E-A-C-O-N dot B-Y. And I've used this to create eBooks uh, which I can then integrate them in my website. So this is really, really user-friendly. There are a couple of glitches. I think the guys are working on this still. It's a relatively new product, but it's straightforward to design an ebook and then to do download that PDF. And I think if I recall, it's about $49 uh, plus sale ta sales tax per month. And again, you might want to check those prices because you could be listening to this at some point in the future and the prices may no longer be valid. So there we are, pexels.com, unsplash.com, shutterstock.com, pictochart.com. And again, those links I will provide in the show notes. So you want to have some way of creating really attractive eBooks and using good imagery and good stock video, uh, which I've used recently as well in, an, in a video, which you might see on LinkedIn at some point. And those sites are where I'll go shopping for images. I'll either pay for them or I will use a free one and then use the license Creative Commons accordingly. The last topic today 
Well, that's a biggie, actually. It's, it's marketing. And so the last thing I'll talk about today is literally the subject of marketing, because it's really something which could be divided into multiple episodes. Marketing is all about getting your message out there. And to my mind, you simply want to do th- two things. You want to have an offline marketing strategy and you want an online marketing strategy. If this is which is stuff which is new to you, you may want to, if you can afford to, enlist a local PR specialist who can get you press coverage. Or you may want to enlist a local uh, writer who can give you some kind of copy for your website. So let's look at this in detail. So let's say you want to start writing content, blog posts, creating ads, something which will boost your posts. Um, It's important that you get people's eyeballs on your content through online marketing. So a very simple way to do this is to create a Facebook page. It's free create a LinkedIn page for your business. That's free too. And then to start blogging and vlogging or video blogging frequently, it's up to you on how many times a week you do that. Some people say every day, others say twice a week. But I know for for a fact, I haven't time to write all this content. So I can use a website like crowdcontent.com to get me in touch with people who can write LinkedIn posts or blog posts or articles and then help me to find places to submit those. So think of LinkedIn posts, which you can write. You could spend hours doing this or writing blog posts and hours doing that. At some point, you've got to realize, does it make more sense for me to work on my business or in my business? Am I better off hiring people to do these things for me? Or do I forego valuable time earning money and do these things myself? Now, initially, you might not be busy all the time. So you might want to do some of this yourself, but in time you will want to hand over the offline and online strategies to other people. When it comes to online, again, as I said, creating content for posts, maybe videos, you can buy an iPhone or an Android, a good camera and create a regular weekly video for yourself. You can do that using bonjoro.com or some other provider, which will help you to create those videos. Loom.com, one I've come across recently allows me to share my screen with viewers and they can also see a picture of me and I can give people a quick video which will help them to understand a topic or an idea or a problem and that's very attractive and simple to use and that by the way loom.com is also an app which you can I think it's loom or .com or .io I need to check that and that's something you can use to create content for your website or for your posts so when it comes to offline strategy uh, I would never re- rely entirely on on online. I would look at offline as well. And what that means is you've got to have an online marketing strategy for your website and your content, but you need to have some way offline to get in front of people. And to my mind, the number way to do this is to go along to networking events. A great website to find out which networking events are running near you is called Eventbrite. E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E, eventbrite.com. You can actually create your own events and sell your own tickets to your own events using Eventbrite. I've done that before. I didn't do it very well the last time, but it's something I'm improving. And I know a couple of people who make a lot of money running their training programs, actually, in public venues through eventbrite.com. Okay, The other tip here today is meetup.com, and this allows you to create new groups and to form your own meetups. And in episode 39, last week's episode, I challenged Maureen, if you recall, to do just that, to actually create her own group, because she didn't think there was one, to create her own meetups. And therefore, which that, that gives you authority, doesn't it? So you can actually create your own groups and create attendees lists and market those people and get them to come along to your events. And Eventbrite is something you can use to organize these events publicly in a directory and sell tickets to those events if you want to make money. And by the way, it's worth underlining, always, 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 always charge for your events. Never do anything for free. I've done that before. It's a disaster. Always charge. As one of my mentors, Chris Ducker says, always be seen to be selling. Always be seen to be selling. If you don't value what you do, other people won't it makes sense. Okay. So therefore you need some kind of offline strategy going along to events. Eventbrite.com lists them. Meetup.com. You can create your own events and groups. Online, you need some kind of Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube maybe. Strategy where you're actually creating content regularly. You can do that yourself or you can enlist 
people, writers on Fiverr.com or crowdcontent.com, more professional perhaps, to do that for you. Or another thing you can do is go along to your favorite uh, magazine, find a writer whose style you like and contact them directly. I've done that before with a South African writer for Entrepreneur Magazine. Everyone's heard of that. She wasn't cheap, but she was very, very, very good. So up to you which approach you you, you take. The final thing on the topic of marketing today, wrapping up shortly, is something you might want to look at at some point, may not be the thing to look at initially, and that's the subject of webinars. What are webinars? Webinars are web-based seminars, and increasingly it's what a lot of internet marketers use to get traction, to get people rapidly coming to an online event. So you can give people an online, it's like a live video or live program where people are watching you, interacting with your screen, seeing your slideshow, and you do this to get them interested in signing up for something like an event or some kind of uh, training or some kind of video series. Again, you want to do some research on this, but two big names pop into my mind, apart from websites like gotowebinar.com, two ones which work very well for people. I know use these a lot, and I've used one of them before, is zoom.com. And the second is called bigmarker.com. I've not used bigmarker, but I hear great things about bigmarker.com. Again, you want to do some research on this because you will need advice on which of these suits your particular specific market strategy. If you're not clear, look for advice on this and find the right solution for you. So webinars may not be suitable for you right now, but I think at some point they will be. Zoom.com and bigmarker.com are two ones to look at. So there we go. Was that helpful? I'd love to know. So we've spent approximately 51 minutes today looking at a range of software services and websites which will help you in your training business in the areas of formation, in the area of accounting, identity or branding, your website or online presence, your CRM or customer and prospect database, your content in terms of the material you create, graphics, posters, flyers, uh, YouTube artwork, etc. And finally, your marketing, which is your online and offline strategies. There are lots and lots more websites I'd love to have mentioned. And those as you have heard me say a couple of times today, will be the subject of a future episode. Things like um, uh, creating videos, creating proposals, virtual summits, customer surveys, and lots, lots more. There are lots you can find online by looking for yourself, but we will feature one or two of those on future episodes. So let me know which of these you found helpful today and any comments you have as to what you think might help other people, people like you and I, training business owners around the world listening to this podcast. So that was episode 39 today. Um, 10 episodes after this, or 11 in fact, to the big 50. You can hear the podcast every single Thursday on Spotify, on iTunes and Stitcher. I, of course, welcome your emails and comments. I'm receiving ever more emails and comments every week. I'm just thinking about the number I received two days ago. So I'm really, really trying to be helpful here. I'm really trying to give you the kinds of content that help you. If, if, I, can, if I can help you with anything in terms of your business, please drop me a line. If I can't, I won't. And if I can't, I'll find out who can and direct them or direct you to them, if that's okay with you. So a future episode, as I said, will focus on a couple of these or more online services and websites in, in, in other areas, including video creation, proposal creation, virtual summits, customer surveys, um, email management, and lots, lots more. But that's it for today, folks. I look forward to your company again next week. So until then, see you next Thursday. Have a great training week. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.